Hello. Welcome to True Hoop with me, Gerard Hector, and Henry Abbott. How are you, sir? It's great, man. <laughs> great. I'm, <laughs> I haven't been on the show in a while. I've been essentially locked in a closet working mm. on like the most ambitious project of my life. A, a, a book, by the way, that could change the way NBA teams, well, really sports teams in general, but since we cover the NBA here, NBA teams really think about how to make sure their players are most optimally set up to thrive from a health perspective so they're performing at their best. Now, will NBA teams listen to Henry and read and digest it? They won't be like, oh, I respect the point of view of this hard work. Like, that's not what they're going to do. <laughs> what they might do, though, is say, like, I could get fired for failing a test that's in a book. Right. So, like, mm -hmm. maybe like I, I did this story years and years ago about how, like, if you played more than 3000 minutes, you didn't win a title that year. Mm -hmm. And um, it stopped. It's fucking stopped. It yeah, no stopped. One plays, no one plays that many minutes. now. There was one. I think Harden did a one year in Houston. But other. Other than and that, well, like, <laughs> and as we know, he didn't win a title. <laughs> and like, nobody believes in rest, but everyone was like, oh my God, my fucking owner's going to call me the fucking, if I, you know, if I did, did a stupid IQ test, like, you played him 3,100 minutes. Like, you know, like, like, shit like this, like, like, these are the conversations they had with Thibodeau in Minnesota, right? Like, it was like, you know, like, he was too stupid to follow the stupid thing the stupid guy from ESPN said, right? So, like, it has that potential, I think. <laughs> like, I love it. Actually, that's totally yes. The real reason this book has resonance <laughs> is because, um, Marcus Elliott, who the book is about, the guy from P3, has deep, deep, deep earned respect from people inside the league yep. and the teams and the players. Mm -hmm. And like, it's just a little bit of a secret to us. But like, he knows more about your hips than you do, Gerard. You know, like that's the. And I mean, for me, I'm not an NBA player, but you know, but next time I talk to Marcus, I might be like, hey, buddy, I want to keep my running career going pretty long. You got some advice for me? Some different things I can do? And you know what he's going to say is buy Henry's book. <laughs> <laughs> see, see how it comes full circle guys <laughs> but it's gonna be a year so you're gonna have to just deal with your hips for now so this is i turned it in like i'm gonna turn it in in a matter of weeks and then it's gonna be i mean it year. is it, it is a labor of love anyone who's, who's written a book will tell you that i mean you have moments of self-doubt you have like forget this no, i'm no. not doing this shit <laughs> like yeah right yeah, every, every solely lying right now um, it's because it's hard, right? Like, because you, it's sort of, think of it like that awesome feature story you're going to write, right? Where you interview a billion people, shit ends up on the cutting room floor, and you're like, but wait, I really want to put this in there. And it's like, yeah, but it doesn't fit, right? And that's just, Henry's doing his part. Wait till his editor sees it, and he's like, yeah. So this part, we're going to have to move this or cut this out. It's, it's, a, it's a process. It's a process. It's, it's going it's to hurt. But I look, I'm, I've been on both sides of that, right? right? Like, do you know how much of David Thorpe's best thoughts I've been like, no. Oh, a lot. Like a lot, right? <laughs> a lot. I've done this to Tom Haberstro and Kevin Ernovitz and Jackie McMullen and Baxter Holmes and Ramona Shelburne. And like, you know, it's just like I like I think it's a mark of a professional journalist that like I I know as I'm writing this that like there's parts of this that I'm very bad at. Like there's some I have shortcomings. And I particularly identified with the editor who was editor of this book because I know that he's exactly strong where I'm exactly weak. And I'm delighted for him to do stuff that will probably hurt a little bit. Like, I'm totally <laughs> sure that, like, it's just going to get better and better. And, like, if honestly, there were, like, I met with four publishing companies and three of them told me they thought I was great. And I was like, I can't, like, the proposal was riddled with structural errors. It was. Like, mm -hmm. 
I couldn't find them, but I knew it was missing something. And then this guy was like, well, this looks pretty tough. Like you got your hands full here. And he kind of explained like some of what he would change. And I'm like, that's yeah. what I need. Yeah. Other writers are really good at like, I, you know, like I'm, I don't think I'm a bad writer, but like I, I, this thing with this kind of 30,000 foot structuring a three act mm -hmm. story mm -hmm. with all of these giant components. Like I'm new to that. And I know it's well, important. Henry, recognizing where you have shortcomings and where someone else has strengths, that's the mark of a good team, right? That's yeah. that's how NBA teams, right, really good ones, end up successful. Now, sometimes that shit doesn't matter because you have the best player in the world and he just overcomes all those issues anyway. <laughs> but writing a book doesn't quite work the same way, right? I see what but, you did there, though. You yeah. just kind of got us to game seven, didn't you? You just kind of... <laughs> You kind of, that's your first rodeo, Gerard. Yeah. Not my first rodeo. Uh, and, and this is, look, this is a, a great place for us to start, it, which is game seven. You know, so many superlatives and things that are out there. First of all, this series, Henry, was just outstanding. Uh, Lakers, Kings, you know, if, if you spend time in NBA Twitter on the Twitterverse, it's like, ha, just what the Warriors want. The Kings, those neophytes, they're not ready for the, for the prime time. They're going to beat those guys pretty handily. And it's like, not so much, right? Kings were up 2-0, and they lost game three at Golden State. Warriors won that one pretty handily, but they could have won game four and gone back to Sacramento up 3-1, forcing the Warriors to win three straight, which probably doesn't happen, right? We know, yes, it has happened before, but the odds of that happening, highly unlikely. 2-2, winner of game three, goes on to win 95% of the time. Well, Warriors did win game five, but the Kings didn't quit. Forced to game, uh, one game six, forced to game seven. And I thought Henry in game seven, we'll talk about the different awesome performances. One thing I said to David all during this series was I was so impressed with the Kings fight. And in classic, David's like, yeah, I'm not that impressed with that. <laughs> and I'm like, but my point being, I've seen teams when the Warriors do their thing, just they fold up. They're like, um, I, I can't. It's, it's not, we can't do it. They fought back every time except... For game seven in that third quarter, they just, I saw it. You know how you can see like when Curry goes on his like barrage shooting threes, it saps the energy out of the other team. They just get demoralized. They hang their heads. Like they're humans. Like you feel emotional about that. Nothing I can do against this guy. It wasn't that. Kevon Looney got them emotionally distressed. This guy gets every fucking rebound. And it, that was it. They just, their heads were hung and they just could not bring it up and bring another level of fight uh, in that fourth quarter. David's a little bit on a on like a jag, I would say lately, um, which I love of kind of like, you know, there's a million things that you might focus on if you're trying to win a basketball game. And his thing that he's really, he, he you know, he just hammers us with this daily, right? Like daily. <laughs> of just like now and again, it's very clear that like if you're the balls in the air and you're Kevon Looney, like you don't have five concerns you just need to be the most ferocious motherfucker in the history of the world and go get that ball. And like, and this clarity, like it, it's not often in life that we get this super clarity of like, just do that thing. Right. And if you have clarity on the wrong point, you're going to lose cause you're missing the boat. Right. But, um, but there's this sort of dance between when to be head on a swivel and calculating and using your prefrontal cortex and when to be, Oh, like honestly, I think of it almost like uh, there's some scenes in the book that are of like, predation like an owl yeah. catching a mouse where like there's a moment where just like like you just, locked in yeah an osprey catching a fish you know how like this is a bird that goes like oh i forget yeah, how many miles an hour super deep into the water yeah like <laughs> it is like can you summon that 
And I used to think it was kind of overblown. Like, you know, I'm a runner and like in running races, like they, the TV broadcast focuses on the lead pack the whole time. Right. But and that's optimal not pacing. Well, sometimes it, like what I've learned is like this, um, you know about the central governor, you know <laughs> what I'm talking about? Okay. So there are lots of different terms for it, but like one of the Tim Noakes is this like pioneering physiologist from South Africa, who's now maybe people think is gone a little crazy, but, um, but he, uh, he was, he's done deep, deep, deep research in our bodies. And basically when you get to the upper limits of human performance, like what stops you is not your muscle capacity, your lung capacity or anything in your tissues. It's your brain. Like your brain says, eh, like, you know, you're using 40% of your capacity of your quads to finish this race right now. But if you get to 41, I'm worried about the brain's blood supply. So we're just going to kind of send you some panic signals, some pains some whatever, and so a lot of training is to like defeat your own brain, which wants to dial you in long before you're going to pass out or die. Mm -hmm. um, and so there's certain kinds of training that are more effective at that. But it makes me think that like, okay, what happens at the front of the running race is if I can not just be a yard ahead of you, but if I can go 400 yards ahead of you in a marathon, mm -hmm. your central governor might kick on. And you might start thinking even though the pace is stupid and even though I'm hurting myself with this, like maybe I'm sending your brain mm -hmm. into a mode which starts limiting your blood supply. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. And I think that maybe that's what we're talking about. I thought it was all kind of made up horseshit, but like this, like, you know, like, Oh, they just gave up. Like, I don't think NBA players give up. They're no, competitive they don't give up. as hell. But no. I think there is like a thing where it's like someone takes a big lead on you. Then maybe your brain, despite your best efforts and your toughness and your earned confidence, like maybe your brain's a little bit like, Buddy, let's just let's not today. You know, it's not it's sending you, you signals. <laughs> it and does. The, so it not does. only so not only are the signals, oh my god, this thing is happening, and it's everywhere. The scoreboard, my raucous fans who support yeah. me have gotten quieter, and I noticed that. Or that Jackoff <laughs> is waving on, and this dude behind <laughs> me's got a wad full of hundos <laughs> going. Can you grab a rebound? I will give you this wad of money if you grab a rebound. <laughs> What that might kind of detestable rich guy does that, by the way? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it was it, – it, it felt like that to me, and I, I looked it up in the third quarter. The Warriors, of course, crushed him in that quarter on the glass. Um, but Kevon Looney by himself, 10 boards, seven of them offensive. The Kings, nine as a group in that quarter. I'm like, hey, you're, that's, that's math, right? That, that's not going to work. And of course, Kevon had 21 in the game. He had three, three games in the series of 20 plus rebounds. Of course, the Warriors won those games. I, the, sorry, you go ahead. No, 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 go, go. I just like, okay, so yesterday to me in game seven, there were four Warriors who were like super productive, right? Mm -hmm. Obviously, Stefan, 50 point Curry, mm -hmm. right? Um, Kevon Looney, who mentioned, Draymond Green and Andrew Wiggins. Those four players on the court were unbelievable. And then there was Clay Thompson, who Mike Brown knows him well, very well, mm -hmm. left him wide open. And he not, didn't just miss, but like wildly shanked four threes, including one off the side of the backboard. I don't know what they all know that made Mike Brown decide to leave <laughs> that splash brother entirely unguarded, but it was a great choice. And like, and everyone else, like, it's hard to find another warrior who was particularly effective in this series. Yeah. And um, it's strike, and then which leads to the, the the mic'd up portion of Steve Kerr. I mean, this is think about how many games Steve Stephen Curry and Steve Kerr have managed minutes and managed effort together. Well, in the playoffs alone, hundreds, right? Like, like nonverbal at this point, but he's like literally Steve's walking over, being like, "Hey, Steph, make sure you get to sit down, 
breathe. breathe. Mm-hmm. This is how you talk to kindergartners, right? <laughs> breathe. I have four timeouts. I might use one just to get you a spell. Like I, to me, that was like, that was everything we've talked about in the show with the system offense and the Cuisinart and, you know, anti-hero ball and everything they've done together. It's like, no, this was Steve Kerr saying, buddy, we're just <laughs> fucked without you. Like, please save the world. Like, go well, for it. yippee ki <laughs> the, the, the evidence is he took 38 shots. Uh, yeah. I mean, I mean, in a, in a game where he played 38 minutes, uh, that's a shot per minute. Like, right. I mean, yeah. Yeah. This and is- David asked, and of course I didn't even look it up, but he's like, has Kevin Durant ever taken 18 threes? Never. That's never like, it's, it's not how we think of basketball. It's not how we were raised on basketball, but it's like, that's a certain kind of heroism. Like just. It is. Yeah. It, 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 it was, it was a marvelous display. And again, those four warriors, you were right. That That's who Steve trusts in those moments. And it's funny that you bring that up about Steph, because um, apparently after the game six loss, he was pretty upset um, and he couldn't sleep that night. And he had ended up waking up. He's like, I'm going to text Draymond. Naturally, Draymond had already texted him <laughs> because they're similarly wired in their competitiveness. It displays itself differently. Emotionally, how we see it, right? Draymond much more visceral and in a very like demonstrative coming at you way. Steph a little bit different. Um, but he also was like, uh, and normally Draymond would be the one to address the team because he is the emotional leader. Steph said, no, 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 I got this one. And Steph doesn't generally talk to the team in public like that. He does on occasion. He's mostly guys off to the side. So that speaking of like your central governance, you're the warriors and it's, oh, he doesn't really talk to us that if he's saying something, this is interesting. Yeah. And so this is what he wrote. According to multiple sources in the private session, Curry told his team he believed in them. They had enough to win. He asked them for their trust in return. He assured them he could deliver victory if they all bought in. He implored them to put all their feelings aside, which sources with knowledge in the locker room felt was messaging directly aimed at Poole and Jonathan Kaminga and other guys who might have been unhappy with playing times and their role, etc., to be locked in and unified to the mission. Anyone who wanted to remain in their emotions, he told them to stay home. Anyone who was ready for the for their vacation told them not to get on the bus for Sacramento. But anyone who did get on the bus, Curry took that as a signature of approval, a binding agreement to be on board with the mission. And if they did that, if they got on the bus, he promised he'd deliver. With his game, his faith, their solidarity, they'd win. Who wrote that? That's uh, Marcus Thompson, I believe. Okay. Um, or it's like a Marcus Shams, like, you know, someone got some info from this guy, this guy, and they cobbled it together yeah. in a paragraph. A uh, keyword in there, or multiple keywords, but one that you talk about all the time. Trust. Yeah. Right? Steph, I, I ask you to trust me. Well, he has earned trust, right? In, in a variety of different ways that he shows up for his guys, right? Not just but all of his teammates. So kind of have no choice, right? Well, this guy's saying, I, I believe in him. He's going to do that thing. I thought it was pointed that, yeah, the young guys feel a certain kind of way, right? Jordan Poole in particular. There's a little clip going around the internet. I'm, you saw it because we put it in our chat. Of Draymond wanting to talk to Jordan Poole. This was this was game five or six. And Poole six. wanted nothing. Yeah, was not. No part of it. It's like, get away from me. I don't want Jordan to Poole, who forgot there are cameras everywhere. Was like, get <laughs> and Steph beelined right behind him was like, oh, oh, oh. like we I gotta get you together. No, no, man. Not not here, not now, not like this. And it's a team is an ecosystem, Henry. And Speaking of trust, Draymond shattered that trust at the beginning it's of the broken. season. It's broken and it hasn't been fixed. Yeah, right. He punched him in the face, yeah. uh, Jordan Poole in the face, and knocked him to the ground. That that is a thing. Whether or not it affects them winning a championship this year, I don't know. But I know that that is a thing that is not healed, and everybody's all kumbaya and shit's good, as evidenced by Jordan's reaction there. 
But for the guys who put aside whatever and for Steph to basically say, if you're in your feelings, don't get on this bus. Stay home. Like, we're going to roll with who's here. I mean, it's a tough message. Like, who's going to be the asshole in the segue? You know what I mean? Like, (laughs) (laughs) like, (laughs) Who's going to be the asshole on the segue? (laughs) And everyone's getting on the bus, just practically speaking. (laughs) Everyone's going to get on the bus because if you don't show up on the bus, people are going to be like, where was (laughs) so-and-so? It's kind of important to get in the game. Yeah. Oh, he kind of trapped him there a little. I mean, um, of course he did. <laughs> <laughs> but there, okay, um, yeah, there was the, you know, the Warriors are probably the best run team in the league. And they had this two tier plan of, you know, win now and win later with, you know, James Weissman, Moses Moody, Jonathan Kaminga, Jordan, Jordan Poole, Poole, right? Like um, that. And the, the win later part is not happening. <laughs> like it's it might happen it might be that those players develop in that way right, right. like you know but they it, right now as we mentioned earlier like the win now system is four guys who've been there for quite a long time right like the the few years ago Kavon Looney couldn't help them like this the few years ago Andrew Wiggins couldn't help them like this right but now they've kind of like nurtured it up and they've got four who they can really rely on in these playoffs and the trust I don't know how far it extends but it's not infinite right it's something they still have to win on with a chat the day before game seven right and like i feel like uh that's that worked in round one might work (laughs) in round two two, right like (laughs) it will not work beyond that right like like this you know steph curry on fumes we're talking about the fucking sacramento kings round one you know what i mean like 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 right this team is taxed oh you go seven games you're for sure taxed i mean it yeah this is by definition right um, and it took a Herculean effort, right, of those four guys to win this game. Yeah, the game, the final score looked like a laugher, but, you know, this was tense moments all yeah. the way through. Yeah. Um, but again, look, uh, uh, Curry, Poole, of course, Draymond was brilliant, as he often is in so many ways. Um, I love that. So, you know, that little chat group that David puts us on that he, that he texts his players. Yeah. I love those little like, I'm like yeah. oh, my God, that little. He's like, yeah, that wasn't by accident. That's what Draymond does. I'm like, yeah. this is fucking yeah. brilliant shit. Like stuff yeah. that, you know, as you, as you say, your eyeballs don't see, right? So you look at the, the the takeaway from the game for the casual fan is Curry's amazing 50 points, which is true. Good enough. Yeah, that's not incorrect. <laughs> not, not incorrect. But as Pat Rowley famously once said, no rebounds, no rings. As Kawhi Leonard once said, board man gets paid, right? Like the ability to extend possessions, give you more chances at the rim. First of all, the Cuisinart offense is hard to stop anyway in 24 yeah. seconds. Now you get a rebound. I got to do it for another 14 on top of that. Okay, probably not going to happen, right? Like, um, they're probably going to score. Um, and then if you cannot end a defensive possession by securing the rebound, that means you didn't play good defense, right? Yeah. Because you give up the offensive rebound. So this is this is a wonderful performance by them, um, showing the, all the cliche things that people love to talk about, championship grit, blah, 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 blah. We'll talk about Lakers, Warriors in a bit. Oh, yes, we will. I, I think that's interesting. I, I there. Look, the Lakers are old, right? Like, but so are the Warriors. So we'll, we'll talk about that in a minute. We had a call this morning, our, our Monday true content call. And I said, you know, there's something about game sevens. I feel like that really <laughs> highlights poor play and like your weakness and like you're not <laughs> really good at this thing. And Henry goes, I disagree vehemently. 
I was like, I did, and I felt rude about that. I felt it, like it's fine. That. You can disagree vehemently. Um, I think you're wrong to disagree vehemently, and, and I think maybe I phrased it wrong. And this is about Demontis Sabonis, who, by the way, is an excellent player, All Star this year. Um, led the team in estimated plus minus. He'll probably make an All NBA team. I think one of the league. I think he led the league in rebounding this year. Well, <laughs> didn't lead this series in rebounding. That's for damn sure. <laughs> um, in a game seven. So maybe it's not that Demontis Sabonis' weakness is, is it, or, or he is weak. It's that, well, in a game seven, how your team is constructed matters very, very much. Because, as David pointed out, maybe we need to have somebody else next to Sabonis to mitigate the fact that he's not a great rim protector, right? And these various things that cause issues that may mitigate some of his awesomeness during, during the regular season. That's just not – that didn't come out and come to bear – in the postseason, and our good friend Tom Haberstroh uh, put up a. It was it was mainly mainly a counting stat thing, but I thought it was interesting. So in this series, um, Kevon Looney and Demonte Sabonis played 183 minutes on the floor together. Looney had 38 points, 92 rebounds, 27 assists, and seven turnovers, and was a plus 44. Sabonis scored 83 points, had 55 rebounds, 25 assists, 18 turnovers, and was a minus 44. And I was like, well, that don't look great, <laughs> right? Like now small sample size, but that's what the playoffs are. They're always small sample size. So I think when we're talking about playoffs and that primal, we talked about before the Osprey diving down or a lion identifying its prey, like Looney knows what his one mission is. It is get that mother effing rebound at all costs. Set screens, move the ball, do it right. He, very simple. DeMontis has... Lots of things he's thinking about, right? Oh, I got to get Darren the ball. I got to move this. Like, too many things happening. Too many things spinning around that brain. And when you have to focus on too many to what you're bunching all about the central governance, maybe that's the point where that nervous system is sending a message is like, overload, can't too much, too much. I mean, it's getting fouls. for but Demontis is one of the, the, the best rebounders in the league. Getting manhandled on the boards. Couldn't even box the guy out. Problematic. Yeah. Yeah. I, uh, I could talk for seven hours right now, but I'm going <laughs> to just like, okay. So there's this idea that there's certain setups, DNA, body types, brain types, whatever, that just aren't designed for like particular moments, crunch time or game seven. Like I just think is horseshit. Mostly because it doesn't, you can't find it. Like there are not in any sport, these people who just own crunch time, like everyone's a big hot mess. Right. And like, right. and the pinnacle in my lifetime covering the league, the pinnacle of characters who was just like, this guy doesn't have it. Yeah. And we heard it from everybody was right. LeBron James. Like mm -hmm. it was inundated. It was like yep. seven years of he just, some people just don't have it. And guess what? He oh, totally fucking has <laughs> it in your it. face. He's swinging his crotch in your face, <laughs> right? Like he absolutely has it. And our mistake was taking a stupid little snippet of his career and thinking right. that meant more than the rest, right? Like right. it was just stupid. Like, it's not, you know, it's just not how, I think when you're trying to predict the future, like limiting the inputs is not helpful. Like mm -hmm. bigger input, big data predicts the future. If you're trying to make a weather forecast, you're going to want the whole globe's barometric pressure, blah, 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 right? You don't want like a little look out the window. It's just not good <laughs> enough, right? Like what's happening outside? Oh, like yeah. <laughs> we know that we fans have this like deep, deep love of the idea that there is magic time, right? right? That there and is just like, gene. you know. There's like a, we glow. There's like this sort of special little glitter in the, in the air. And like, it's just a thing that we're putting on it. Yeah, right. Yeah. Like, like 
you know, I think Savonis has the problem of being like, it's hard to lead a team as a power forward, right? Like it's tricky. You don't have the ball. Mm-hmm. Um, you get a lot of fouls called on you a lot of fouls. and you win by beasting people, but you never know when your beasting is going to cut the refs fired up. And like, right. it's just, you know, like I grew up with like, you know, the blazer blazers were led by like Zach Randolph, Marcus Aldridge. And like, it was mm-hmm. the same thing every year where it's like, it's just, it's very hard to be the star in that job. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, you might go 10 minutes without get touching the ball. Like, um, it's much easier if to be you know like like the way that he would have an amazing series is if De'Aaron Fox has an unbelievable series yeah. <laughs> right Correct. and like she was kind of having for a little while there. yeah yeah <laughs> um you know you get some space and stuff but the yeah. whole idea that you can like take over the game from the place where you're always within like a millimeter of one defender of and a foot of another one like <laughs> yeah. it's yeah. just tough it's, it's you know it's just tough like it, it wasn't surprising that he had a bad game against these like absolute Monsters. Like, just monsters. <laughs> monsters. Kevon yeah. Looney and Draymond Green are fucking monsters. They're great at their jobs. They are. They're really great at their jobs. <laughs> yeah, nice job, guys. Um, you know, anyway, I was thinking about that actually, this idea of clutch. And I it, this is a different sport, but it's baseball. I, I was looking into this and and I was like, you know, everyone like talks about like, you know, Derek Cheater, right? Former New York Yankees great, like I mean, his nickname is Mr. November for crying out loud. Like, oh my god, he's just so clutch and amazing in the postseason, like the best player ever. And it's like I was like, oh, I mean, when I turn on Yankee games, he seems to get big hits. And yeah. so I kind of just ma- checked out like his lengthy regular season versus his lengthy postseason. You know what the numbers tell me, Henry? He's pretty much the same player, both yeah. in the regular season and the postseason. Now, yeah. I get it. Postseason games mean more. So we put, as you mentioned, we put a little sprinkle on it. I'm like, it's not like he gets superhuman in the postseason. He just does what he always does, which is yeah. be very good at baseball, right? Yeah. Like, And I feel like for most people, it's generally what it is. You're either sl- about the same as what you are in the postseason, or you're slightly worse, or you're slightly better, right? Like, yeah. I think that's generally what it is. But we have these moments where, like, I don't know, somebody hits three game winners in a row, and it's, like, the most clutch person ever, and it's like, yeah, but what about the 17 they missed before that? Like, well, also, if you, I mean, I, I wish I could think of a, a, a actual example of this, but, like, I, I've looked at this a bunch of times where, like, you know, the whole internet is aflame with, like, you know, who's a good example? Um, like Dame? Like, well, yeah, somebody. Yeah, pick. Uh, let's not make a Dame. <laughs> but like, <laughs> like, you know, like so-and-so was just on fire last night, right? Mm-hmm. And in our memories, if you just sit there, you watch the game and you remember, you're like, oh, well, we, you know, I'm really rooting for this team. Mm-hmm. And they were behind by six. Mm-hmm. And then he had a three and then some stuff happened that's confusing. And then I think there was another three and then uh, I'm a little fuzzy. And then uh, there was like the, a dunk. The, the, the confusing and fuzzy stuff yeah. was where the stuff is. <laughs> right. And like, and, and then they won. Right. And so you, you remember like three plays and usually it's not more than that. Right. <laughs> right. And, uh, and then you just remember the glow of like, this is the epitome of perfection. Right. Mm-hmm. But if you go back and look like that's a person who went three for five. You know, right. like, yeah, yeah. like, it, you know, and once in a while, it's someone who made six in a row, but like almost never, never. Yeah, almost never. Like it's just, it's just most of the work of this person is magic is in us. Like we saw them be very good and then we filtered it a little and then we're like, that was magic. And it's not like, you know, Bill James was like the king of writing all these stories about how like basically clutch doesn't exist. And then he right. worked in baseball like for right. the Red Sox. Which, and then he changed his tune to like, you know, like, like we can't say if it does or doesn't exist. Like, you know, I know it's hard to find, but like, you know, it's potentially out there. And like, to me, like, I know this from being in sports with this data stuff where like, it's just a bummer to everybody. Like Steph Curry, of course, wants to believe that he can 
occasionally be magical, right? Yeah. Like, yeah, 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 yeah. like yeah. the message has to be like yeah. that there is a wizard yes. out there who can like wave a magic wand. Mm-hmm. So you just kind of allow that it might happen. Mm-hmm. It might, it might, if, if it happens, it's extremely rare. <laughs> um, but, uh, but I think it's like, you know, like there, these are, if you're very, very good players, then yeah. occasionally you're you know, like, if you flip a coin, sometimes you'll get five heads in a row. Like, right. like, it happens sometimes, but right. But the magic but part is mm. in those hundred flips, you're gonna get what you get, right? Yeah. Like, yeah. It, it, it's it, I was talking to somebody the other day about it. It's bell curve, right? Like ninety percent gonna or ninety five percent is gonna be within two standard deviations of the mean. That's just yeah. That's just how it works, and that's how and Simone's he, played, right? right? He was, he, was just, he, he played like he used to plays, and that right. wasn't his best night. You know? what, right? It's just wasn't great. <laughs> yeah. Wasn't great. A bad time to not be great. I, we 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 can admit for that, right? Yeah. Not a great night not to be great, but. Them's the breaks. And then, okay, interestingly, I would say, what I was going to say was basically, like, these are professional NBA players, and, like, what they're never doing is just, like, completely, like, forgetting how to play basketball or, like, dribbling off their foot. Or, like, you know, it's a very high level. But then there's what Clay Thompson did, which is, like, the beginning of game six, he literally lined up on the wrong side of the court. He was supposed to be guarding Keegan Murray, and, like, and Keegan Murray just ends up wide open as, I forget who, he was, like, he was lining up to cover a guarded man. Like this is, mm-hmm. you get benched in eighth grade for that. Yep, like, for sure. And uh, I was like, oh, wow, that is uncommon. And then I, I, to me, the greatest mystery of the playoffs so far is like Mike Brown not guarding him. Like, yeah. And he's just shanking, hitting the side of the, what, what, what? It, it was bizarre. What? I mean, look, so all these moments prove to us, David, that Clay Thompson, even great Steph Curry, LeBron, Kevin Durant, all, they're human. They're going to, on occasion, have, fucking brain farts and be like what the fuck were you doing yeah. i don't know it's like all the time out they didn't have <laughs> right it just yeah you just you just don't know like you're yeah this is the overwhelm like this is this is the part where you see it right it's everything of the playoffs the magnitude of the, this game matters right this is not a tuesday night against detroit where if we lose all right yeah. no big deal we got a game tomorrow you lose tonight shit we're in trouble like so it's there's all these different things, but it, and this is what makes it so fun for us to watch, right? The drama of sport. This is why it is still the best reality television series that exists because you all the other stuff they have to script it to make it. You can't yeah. script this. Like shit's gonna happen. It's like <laughs> an works. opera that's like you know the third act hasn't been written yet, right? It's Correct. Just like big <laughs> drama will come and it will. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's, it's <laughs> this has been lucky. Like I feel like we're lucky. Like yeah. we're I, I thought it would be unlikely we would get like. Steph versus LeBron, like you know, and like, here we are. Like we, you know, <laughs> thanks to the magic of the play-in and yeah. some gritty stuff yeah. and some timely rest, and you know, like okay, we got to do it one more time. Well, yeah, we're gonna get to that shortly. Uh, before that, though, I, I do want to say just kudos again to the Kings and Mike Brown, and you know, I think future-wise, um, without putting our David Thorpe hats on, like they they've got pieces that suggest okay, future's looking good for you guys. You have a player in De'Aaron Fox who looks like, I you know everyone says he's him, who looks like he can be him, right? Like yeah. he, that he's shown us in the, okay, this guy's got some stuff. How Monty McNair and everything else works out from then, as we all know, we'll see what happens. But I, I like what Sacramento's doing right now. So future looks bright for them. And David pointed out, like they did have a bunch of players improve, mm-hmm. um, which is, it sounds like a, basic thing but it's just not common it's not. Malik Monk <laughs> like, Trey Lyles like yeah I mean Trey Lyles might have been out of the NBA like yeah. I mean this is Malik Monk's what uh, third team in he's been in the league for five he years was in the G League yeah well, this is you know 
Yeah. And he was awesome in this series. He was like, electric. I mean, he was like, like <laughs> it seemed like he was just like going to destroy you every time he touched the ball. Like it was, what was it game? Was, was this game six? Game five yeah. was a big game? game uh, six. It was six. huge in game six. Yeah. yeah. Like you just, but this is what David talks about all the time. Like the, and what I t- tweeted at you when you said something about, uh, <laughs> about Kevon Looney. I was like, yeah, but if only NBA teams were incubators that would develop talent and nurture yeah. it. And sure. We, Kevon Looney and Malik Monk, these kinds of players are all over the place. They might be on your favorite team's roster right now. And they're making below average salaries. Right. Will yeah. they get there? Most likely, probably not, because yeah. your team's not good at incubating and developing that thing. Mm-hmm. Um, Lakers, Henry. Well, the only reason why the Lakers would potentially be, and we get the LeBron step, is because the Memphis Grizzlies found a way <laughs> to crap the bed and allow LeBron and the Lakers to advance. Everyone knows this is a pseudo Memphis Grizzlies pod, so we're going to spend some time talking about the Grizz here. Look, I'm in. Let's do the, it. The, the Lakers were. Anthony Davis was excellent. I mean, look, LeBron's counting stats look fine. You dig a little deep. He shot the ball terribly. 19% from three. Um, his effective field goal and true shooting were well below league average. Um, but he had moments, right? It was that thing you talked about before. Some fuzzy stuff. Uh, but he had that chase down block. <laughs> right, but that's right, essentially right. what happened, right? Like, right. Oh, fuzzy stuff. Then that fuzzy stuff was he wasn't really that good. And it's, then he's he, a little fuzzier. Yeah. <laughs> right? Like, it's just, that, that's what happened, right? <laughs> Um, and the Grizzlies, you know, they're the thing that David and I worried about them all year showed up, right? Their, their youth and immaturity and inability to recognize possessions matter, all these different things and, and really the seriousness of the moment. And this now places a young team, Henry, I don't want to make it dramatic and say at a crossroads, but they have some choices to make this summer. Um, Mm -hmm. I remember saying to you. You're like, Drew, what would be a good outcome for the Grizzlies this year? I'm like, oh, Henry, I like steps. You know, like they made it to the conference finals <laughs> last year. <laughs> oh Let's God. try to get to the conference finals. You're like, man, fuck steps. Like, you're like, look, I get it. That probably works. If they can win the title, win it now. Well, I, they can't. They ain't, ain't going to win the title this year. Actually, probably a not. Step, yeah. A step backwards, right? Not winning in the first round. Um, It's safe to say Ja, Trip, and Bane. Those are three guys they know that they're going to build around for Fantastic. sure. Fantastic. Yeah. Everybody else? Yeah. I don't know. Well, and Dylan Brooks is an unrestricted free agent, is. which is interesting in and of itself, right? Like, like Zach Kleinman, I think, is widely seen as like super good at this, mm-hmm. and he didn't lock this guy up, right? And and then he had an interesting press conference where he basically, you know, understandably refused to talk about Dylan, but he did talk a lot about self-created distractions, right? And well, no, I mean, that's Jaw too, for oh, sure. Oh, 100%, um, both of them. <laughs> but it made me, okay, David and I talked this weekend, and... um I was like, so I, I'm not someone who thinks that like Dylan Brooks, like mouthing off and trash talking and right. getting to, I, I don't think this is a giant problem. Like Jim right. Green does those things all the time. And I do think there's like kind of a, there's like a, like controlling the physical space. Like I say this to someone who, I'm not, <laughs> this is going to sound really stupid. Like I played play, pickup basketball on the playgrounds of New York city. And like, which is, yeah, yeah. there's like the coked up guy who might deck you. <laughs> affects how you play yeah right like like you know like there's a physical just like who like who's the fucking big dog in here right now which is well, kind of attack a, the hole with the, yeah there's like i mean not. it does like like you can see in nba games that that is a battle that goes on the whole time it definitely matters to basketball right and like dylan brooks is a participant in this battle and it's not entirely stupid right no, like no like like who will punch you in the nuts is something that like everyone does kind of think about, you know, like, like we'd like to pretend that we're all more professional than that, but like, 
So I think there's like, you know, so I was making the case to David that like Dylan has this kind of like Draymond type value. And David's like, yeah, but Draymond is like led the entire league in adjusted plus minus. Like he's unbelievable. David's little, this, you mentioned this text group. David has a little text group to like literally players and Mm -hmm. head coaches. And like one of like the little teaching points that recently was like Draymond has his back to the ball, but he keeps his arms super wide and they throw the ball into his hand. And, uh, and David's like, you know, it's, it's a coaching point. Like, you know, this is how you should run around. (laughs) And like, you know, so Dylan just isn't that good. No, like, that's the problem. <laughs> he's not as good as Draymond. So right. he's like, I would just be like, bro, if you like, we'd like to have you on this contending team. We are going to live with your crazy, but we want you just to be better. Right. Which is that's how David thinks. Right. Like I was thinking like, man, like Draymond's like fire. And Steph's like water, <laughs> you know, like, and, mm-hmm. and they kind of have Ice. a lot of elements. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, um, and so I think that, you know, or, or there's a, I have some famous old coach that like, you can have one donkey on your team, but you can't have two because they breed. <laughs> like, 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 I think a little bit like it can't be, I don't think that like Jaws fire, fire, fire. Yes, yes. And Dylan's fire. And, and Trip is like, he's not. He's not exactly. He's not fire, fire. He's not fire, fire but he's, he's not like more, guys. Knock it off. <laughs> no, no. He's he's more. He's more kindling. Like, oh, if you want to, yeah. okay, yeah, that's what we want to do. Yeah. Let's go that way. <laughs> that's how you get self-created distractions. I think that mix, right? So to me, I'm like maybe, like I don't know what the talk is. It's like, Jaw, I need you to be like a leader, leader, mm-hmm. right? Like, like one who might bring people in, not one who will get in trouble off the court, right? Mm-hmm. Like. Mm-hmm. Or maybe it's Dylan, we need you to, you know, be better at basketball. But like, I, I feel like, or here's my other idea. Ooh. I realized I just talked a lot, but. So go, keep going. Dylan Brooks sign and trade for um, Kyle Lowry. I, I like it because I know Kyle's going to do all the things that you mentioned. My only yeah. fear is that Kyle's a thousand years old. He and wouldn't even, he would be the highest paid assistant coach. Ever. <laughs> He'd be Dallas Haslam. <laughs> yeah. Okay. But he, he played, that's where he started his career. It's like yes. a full circle thing. Yes, yes, yes. And oh, can you, I think it's harder. I just, like, I would just bet John Moran doesn't get in the kind of trouble he got in if Kyle Lowry's on the team. Yeah, I, I think you're right. I, I like that. I think, look, this is the maturity part for them. They've got to grow up on the court and off the court, and Josh specifically off the court, right? On the court. He has to learn how to, and it's tough because his superpower is I am more athletic than everybody else on this court right now. Yeah. But the problem is that you try to scale LeBron James and Anthony Davis every single time, which means you're going to end up on the floor every single time, which means you're going to get hurt more, which means you're going to be out. We have to pick and choose. Should I scale that Anthony Davis mountain? Maybe I'll pause right here and float or whatever. Just do some different things to preserve and. I mean, the, the key is to know, okay, I, I'm better than everybody. I have this awesome Uber athlete, athlete when I can deploy to detonate you. Not every single time TNT dynamite blow up. That's yeah. too much rubble there, you know? And so I yeah. think it'll be interesting to see how he matures his game that way. And I think Jaron, look, Jaron can, I, so that's, I think he's like a, you know, muscle fibers, right? You got a bunch of fast twitch, you got a slow twitch, right? And you got convertible. I think he's a convertible muscle fiber. He can be, well, guys, let's leader guy, but someone's got to, convert that in like put him mm-hmm. no this is what i want you to do mm-hmm. you're gonna be this guy you get everybody together you corral into guys mm-hmm. level le- level level set here he can do that but someone has to get him to convert into that 
Do they have that on the roster? I don't know. And there's this, like, I think we have this kind of like, you know, the quintessential basketball coach is almost like a football coach, like some like, you know, old white guy who yells a lot. And <laughs> like, and I think that like NBA players today, like know that they know more about the game than that guy. Right. So yeah. and they've overachieved like to the nth degree to get here. And they kind of know that they don't have to listen to like the traditional advice. Yeah. Right. Like jaw can like everyone who told jaw he shouldn't dunk over people so much. Like, guess what? He did. I'm going to make like, $250 million yeah. like dunk over people. Fuck <laughs> totally. you, you know. <laughs> and like, it, you know, um, I think there's this thing where this is where the trust comes in. It's like, yes. who can earn the trust mm-hmm. of that very special mentality that has over every person who ever said, hey, careful, you can't. He's like, oh, yes, I can. Right. <laughs> and like, and that's how you want him to be. Yes. But you want, but you still want him to shoot from the second box when he's uncontested there. Because he can, yes. right? And like, so that's why I think Kyle Lowry is valuable. It doesn't have to be Kyle Lowry. He just, he has a big salary. But he's someone potentially like available. Yeah. Yeah. He probably with Dylan's resign will probably be about the same. Like it probably the salaries will match. Um, like, and you know, the, I'm sure the Heat would, would, would give up Kyle Lowry. Um, yeah. But I think that that someone who can, you know, just sit on the bus and say things that actually matter to jaw that jaw actually believes. Um, I think that would be cool. (laughs) No, that, that is the challenge of every, not every, but NBA teams, particularly that are growing at a fast rate that are led by 23 year olds, right? Jaw and trip are 23 years old. Doesn't mean it's 24 teams that young don't win titles, right? That's not, but they are ascending, but they need that. All right. You know, as David always says, with youth comes hubris and like, we got to, guys, this game will humble you. And it, it, it did this, right? This series has humbled them, right? Yeah. They are like, oh, shit. Maybe we got to start seeing things a little bit differently. We'll see. I and like they'd probably guy. solve a lot of this just from the other teacher. I'm talking about teacher Kyle. The other teacher is L's, you know, yes. like. Like just big teachers. You know, yeah. <laughs> big, <laughs> big teachers, teacher, right? Like, <laughs> like maybe you have to change nothing. Okay, but I'm putting you on the spot, Drew. Would you bring Dylan back? If I was sure I had the team to develop his game to be mm-hmm, Draymond, mm-hmm. then yes, I'm just not sure that they can do that. Oh, I'm also not sure he can do that. Mm-hmm. Like, I think he may be at his ceiling. I don't, can I teach him to shoot maybe 35%? I, I, <laughs> I, you know what I mean? I don't know. I don't, like, he yeah. may be at his, this is what I am. Mm-hmm. I don't, I, I never like to say that about a player because. Working with David Thorpe has convinced me, even though I was never on that train. You never like you got to give guys royal jelly. All, so maybe mm-hmm. I just don't know if they have enough and the right amount of it to do that. And mm-hmm. absent of that, can I bring in somebody else who can give me about what he gives me defensively and a much better player offensively? And none of the I'm going to talk shit to LeBron. That may be a we may win just by not having to deal with that, mm-hmm. right? Like so, this is. Hey, Zach Kleiman gets paid millions of dollars. This is what he gets paid millions of dollars to decide. <laughs> and they do have a lot of talent around. Like, I don't know how they're for me, but I know that, like, they've been drafting well for throughout, right? They have. I, they know more than we do about who would get minutes if they... And, and this is the question, though, Henry. So switch it on you. You love... You're never a fan of getting rid of young people to bring in older people. You're like, they're going to get fucking hurt. And, like... Mm-hmm. But you have your three guys who are on a further curve up the development ladder than your David Roddy's and your Kenneth Lofton juniors and your Santiago Damas, whom I, I love all those guys. 
I don't know how fast they're going to get to a point where they can contribute to a team winning a championship by, by, by next season. Highly unlikely. So what do you do? Because as you always say, those three guys are never going to be healthier than they are right now. Mm-hmm. So the longer well, we wait on this. Like big credit to the Grizzlies that there are three of them and probably yes. five of them if we knew more about what's happening in practice, right? And so to me, like, you're right. Any one of them is unlikely to be like Malik Monk next playoffs. But with three to five of them, like, definitely someone will be, right? So you can have three incredible players, maybe four, like, you know, et cetera, et cetera. You know, and maybe you can, maybe you can parlay Dylan Brooks into Malik Monk or something. (laughs) Yeah. yeah. So I think it's, I think they're well run. I just think that, you know, I don't think that there's no one who has a logical progression to the title. Correct. You have to upend the whole thing. It's a one in 30 proposition, right? Mm-hmm. And so to me, like, uh, like uh, Jaw's not going to be that healthy for that long, <laughs> right? Like, just it's just the facts. These are mm-hmm. the facts. Like, he's like, it's like Allen Iverson. It's like watching Allen Iverson, right? Like, um, little man getting beat up by bigger men, right? Falling down all the time, really hard. All um, the time. <laughs> and so to me, like, I, you're right. I'm always in favor of, like, younger players, blah, blah, blah. Like, but, you know, when your team's excellent and you're just trying to, Fine tune, mm-hmm. I think, is the one time that you might spend some money on someone who's mm-hmm. poor value but fills a need. And yeah, yeah, you know, this might be well, there somewhere for that. There, there's your Kyle Lowry, and Robert Perez said he would go into luxury tax. So we, we shall see. Talks a lot of shit. That time. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. What a great, what a great way to end that segment. All right, guys, we're gonna take a brief commercial break, and when we come back, we're gonna talk Warriors Lakers. This episode of True Hoop is brought to you by BetterHelp. Hey guys, Gerard from True Hoop here. If you had an extra hour in your day, what would you do? It's a hell of a question. Would you maybe go for a run, take a nap, read a book, or maybe show up for a friend? Now, depending on the day, any one of those would be a great idea. Most of us spend our lives wishing we had more time. But the question is, time for what? If time was unlimited, how would you use it? The best way to squeeze that special thing into your schedule is to know what's important to you and make it a priority. Therapy can help you find what matters to you so you can do more of it. Now, I've been open in the past with you guys about this. I see a personal therapist as well as a couple therapists for my partner and I, and both are extremely helpful in developing positive coping skills and learning how to set boundaries. Therapy empowers you to be the best version of yourself. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist, and you can switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. Learn to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash TrueHoop today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash TrueHoop. I love that, man. That was good stuff. Listen, you're, <laughs> listen he, he does talk a lot of shit. No, no. As, as do most billionaires. They talk yeah. a lot He's of shit. full of it, yeah. All right. We have the matchup that... Everyone can't wait for Steph B. LeBron five, if I'm not mistaken. One, two, three, four. Yeah, I think it's five. Sounds like a quiz. <laughs> it, does sound, <laughs> it does sound like a quiz. It does sound like a quiz. Uh, 15, 16, 17, 18, uh, 19. No, they, no, they didn't play 19. And then this, yeah, so this will be five. Okay, because okay. the play-in somehow doesn't count for it. That's just. It, it happened. No one even we, knows what those stats are. But the, those stats don't matter. They don't yeah. count for nothing. So whatever. Yeah. So head-to-head in games in the in the postseason, Steph is 15-7 and seven versus LeBron James. 22, 
times they've faced each other, and mm-hmm. Steph won 15 times, even though LeBron flat outplayed him. Like, <laughs> LeBron's stats are way better. Without, well, you know, Steph had Kevin Durant for a lot of those wins, so that helps, mm-hmm. right? Like, that helps, that helps. Um, okay. Everyone's excited. Um, here's a top-line takeaway for me. Anthony Davis was so dominant in that Grizzly series. He is something that the Warriors have not faced in the first round, right? Like, mm-hmm. So while the Kings rushed and rushed Steph off the three-point line and tried to get, get to go to the rim, he had layup after layup because ain't did. no one back there protecting the rim. Well, Anthony Davis is back there, and he is pretty good at protecting the rim. Um, I'm wondering, do you think Anthony Davis just focus strictly on defense? And let the rest of those guys, you guys figure out offense. I'll be opportune and like clean up some dunks at the end. But I'm all my energy is gonna be focused on keeping that rim as a no fly. Nobody coming in here. This is such an interesting series. Like I, you know, I wrote this big, you know, thing several years ago about how like LeBron like just like doesn't trust young teammates. Like he just he's been his whole career where they're like you know get rid of um, yeah Andrew Wiggins and bring in Kevin Love and. Bring me my Ray Allens and Mike Millers and mm-hmm. um and now meanwhile trusts, like you trust a young guy yeah like now Steph's meanwhile the the Warriors have folded in young guys like again and again and again and again which means this time of year when they play like Steph's teammates are fresh and bouncy right um but like the Lakers are getting great play from Austin Reeves, mm-hmm. D'Angelo Russell, Rui Hachimura, Jared Vanderbilt. Uh, I, I think in this series, Dennis Schroeder is going to matter because he's just like, will. you know, he's, he's fast. Right body he can shoot a little. He can be strong. He plays good defense. Yep. Um, but, uh, you know, and it's the Warriors who we said earlier have like four players going and they're all veterans, you know. Um, so I think that's, you know, that's favor Lakers. Like, yeah. I think that the, you know, the fact that the Warriors can't really trust their bench is a crisis. And they have a guy who's on fumes and they're playing like it was a Sunday, Tuesday turnaround. Yeah. Right. Like, it, it, like the Lakers are just roster wise better. Warriors have the best player and the best coach. Well, they have a huge coaching edge. Huge coaching edge. <laughs> um, I think for me, probably like your question about AD, which I'm rambling around. Like I, I think that he's going to have Draymond and Kevon Looney in his lap on mm-hmm. offense. Stuff, but mm-hmm. So maybe he has to shoot threes. But like now the problem, I think, is that LeBron and Steph are both old, but LeBron's 38 yes. old. Oh. And he's missed, I forget, he missed like a ton of time 21 games or something mm-hmm. like that to a right foot injury, which is still an injury. Which probably right? needs surgery. <laughs> Let's be honest. It probably yeah. needs surgery. It's in his foot too. And like I, a little uh, unsurprising little sneak peek into my book is I've learned some about physics, but like the way your body is set up, like your head weighs a lot, your torso weighs a ton, your arms weigh about as much as your head. And all of that, like, so basically, if you have an injury in your, let's say, sternum, the forces on it are much less than if it's in your. But it's the worst place. And he's a yep. giant man. Like, giant. He's like, the forces on his right foot are sick. And like, he just hasn't been, a, you know, uh, these, even though he's the most incredible theoretical athlete probably of all time, like he just hasn't been physically explosive very often. He's settling for a lot of threes and, um, and not shooting them well. Yeah. <laughs> at so all. Anthony Davis has got his hands full on offense with, you know, all that mess. And mm-hmm. then, it, you know, 
it's the Austin Reeves offense now, right? That's what I'm talking about. Who in right? the pick and roll's been pretty good. It's great. It's gonna be Austin yeah. Reeves, Rui Hachimura, D'Angelo Russell. These are the guys that have to go after it. And I will say the other thing I mentioned on the call this morning, LeBron got to rest on defense against the Grizzlies because they yeah. put him on Jaron Jackson Jr. And the Grizzlies would not run any. Jaron would just stand in the corner. I'm like, LeBron is just hanging out. This is rest on defense. Mm-hmm. Doesn't do anything. Cuisinart don't let you rest. You, yeah. Everyone's moving at all times. Now, what that means is they're going to pre-switch a bunch, right? So LeBron doesn't have to. But guys are still moving, even though, like, right? Even though you're pre-switching, guys are still in constant motion. I think that's going to wear them a bit on, on the defensive end. This is, uh, like, David Thorpe's favorite story that um, I've ever been involved in was Jackie McMillan's story about the Spurs offense, that which they call Summertime, um, which they designed just for LeBron, right? They they would dribble into threes. They would pass ahead. Like, they had a whole bunch of rules about um, – how, and the whole idea was LeBron liked to solve every problem for his team on defense. And he's this giant man who doesn't cool very well. And so they would just just put him on spin cycle, have him just run around and run around. And he cramped up and left games and he was mm-hmm. ineffective and they won the championship. And um, I feel like this isn't that. Nope. These Warriors are a little more tired than that. Mm-hmm. But it's some of that. And he's 38 now with the bad wheel. And it just seems like... I. I honestly would say that I thought the Lakers were going to win this series um, if he were healthy. Yeah. Okay. But I, my, uh, and we, and we put Thorpe on the spot. He wouldn't pick it. He would, he would not. He, he would not. Yeah. Um, God, this series is so, so fascinating. I will say, you said at the beginning of the playoffs, Gerard, I don't care that you've seen this movie before. Don't put your money on the Lakers or Warriors to win the NBA title. You I still did, feeling yeah. pretty confident about that? Yeah, I just, there, you know, like I told you about this, you know, Clay Thompson with the messed up yeah. assignment and, you know, like Dante DiVincenzo hasn't been great. I just feel like on like title teams, you find just up and down, everybody's at least good. Yes. Yeah. Right. And like both of these teams have flaws, flaws, Major right? There's, flaws. I just, I, I suspect that the Western Conference Championship is being decided in the other bracket. I would agree. I um, agree with that. Yeah. I don't, you know, yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's my well, hunch. They just no, seem kind of busted, but that's it. like you know, come on, how stupid are we? Like if we, let's see if it's Game Seven of the Western Conference Finals and Steph's in that game, then like I mean, that's, yeah, I mean, all bets at are that on. point, call me back. Like, oh, well. <laughs> well, by then the, the future odds have already changed, so you got to jump on them now if you're from a gambling perspective, yeah, right? Yeah. Get them when the odds are still pretty good. <laughs> yeah, but don't. I mean, my advice would be don't. Like, don't, don't get them now. Um, yeah, <laughs> get those nuggets. You know, um, but, <laughs> I mean, look, look, let's, yeah, the nuggets look good. I would like to though. I I did take some heat on this show some time ago for saying Steph. Curry was the third best player in the history of all time. And like, <laughs> you, you feel pretty I, good about that. No, like, as I'm going to quote, like my uh, young child back when he was young, no regrets, no regrets. No <laughs> <laughs> well, as, as we've learned, Henry, our brains can't handle rankings. So mm. third, whatever. But so what you're actually ultimately saying is in that inner, inner sanctum of the club NBA pantheon, where, which has right now Kareem, Michael Jordan, and LeBron James. You're saying no, Steph's in that in that pantheon too. He's, he's I mean, done. we have seen him. No, I'm, when, I'm, not, I'm not arguing. I'm just asking. You're saying he's in that that, that inner yeah. inner velvet rope with those. And guys. everybody who's like, oh, that's crazy. I'm like, okay, but he just keeps fucking beating those fucking guys. <laughs> like, like, what exactly is he supposed to do? Like, 
Did you not notice when we started this segment, the record against LeBron, who I think is the best player to me, clearly the best player of all time. Like this guy just keeps waxing him. He sure does. He sure does. Not listen. And we don't actually, there's a, there's a, there's a big like cultural thing here, right? Like Steph is a rich kid who grew up with Mm. coaches and he's kind of white. Let's get into this. He's a little white. (laughs) He's kind of um, white. No, let's get into this. No, no, this this is important. LeBron looks like heroic basketball players are supposed to look, right? He grew up with every disadvantage you could have. Single mother, you know, bouts with homelessness, all all the things. Yeah, yeah. Like he fucking scrapped, right? Mm -hmm. And like it just is an easier narrative if that's how you become right the best player like they changed the game with the three-point line and a bunch of other stuff and the hand check rules but like you know now there's something very scrappy about being willing to take 18 threes (laughs) right like and that's how the game is now and it's for the betterment of the game i think it's been more popular like they you know they had the problem with that Dick Carter Nick's defense was making it so no one wanted to watch the damn thing, right? Like, and uh, but like, you know, Steph is the solution to a lot of NBA problems, but it changes the mm. definition of how you get to be in that pantheon we're talking about. And yeah. I think the fact is, like, ah, this guy's fucking there. Like, just is. <laughs> like I, you, you have to be kind of a hater not to put him there. To my, to my mind. no, no, you listen, you're you're dead on, right? By by no by no metric you look at, right, it would tell you that like he's not one of the great players ever. He's got the hardware, right? The resume, accomplishments, those things. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, obviously he won't. He doesn't have as many like because. It, career-wise hasn't been long enough yet right doesn't have 18 all nbas and like you know let's i get it like two guys have that right it's fucking kareem and lebron right no one like, that's a lot of fucking all nbas right um but no you're you're dead on but i think the point about step is an interesting one because this is in so many ways right step is the avatar for analytics basketball and the people who are on that side um, <laughs> right right and so and you said he's kind of white. Well, the people who like analytics tend to be white. Extremely and white. So, yeah. Right. And so that like, so he gets adopted into that. Plus he's light skin. Like it's just mm-hmm. all these fucked up cultural things that we have in our society because we're so fucked up by so many things. It plays itself out in how we talk about these guys. Right. Yeah. The LeBron hard luck. That's just, that's just better. We like that better. That's mm-hmm. right. LeBron's Draymond likes that better. Like <laughs> Draymond. I mean, I'm not even kidding. Like, yeah, like Draymond, if he yeah. could pick his like, yes, like you know, his sort of icon to attach mm-hmm. his narrative to. Like, it's yes. he does in the summer. He's a LeBron guy. Yeah, you know? he, he is like, team clutch all the way. Totally. Like, <laughs> like, yeah. But the fact is, like, I mean, I think there's this sort of unfair thing we do, which is like. Like, oh, that's what Steph does. He scores 50 in game seven and he wins. But right. it's separate from the grind of basketball. Mm-hmm. It's like, mm-hmm. you don't think he grinds? You know what oh, I mean? Like, clearly. Like, well, because <laughs> you can't score 50 in game seven without grinding. Like, <laughs> he just shows up and says, magic, whoop, poof. I just, because yeah. in many ways, right, that's how people still think and talk about threes. Even though that everyone takes them now, it's still kind of seen as this, like, magic trick. Like, even if you, the, the hint at the way the NBA's popular broadcast partners calling the games talk about it. Well, you know what? The shot of the three, a 20-point lead ain't safe, right? So in With a tone that suggests, uh, you know, you work hard to build a 20-point lead, it doesn't matter because this other team just does this funky thing that's not really yeah. basketball, That and then they erase your lead in two seconds. And it's like, no, that is basketball, right? That's part of the game. Like, you got to defend that part of the court, too. You got to, you know, take that away and do different things. Well, he was going to be done, right? Like, he, he, he was spreading his ankle so much, right? And then... Yes. Uh, 
KK Lyles was the trainer at the time, like put him through this unusual program of like, basically you need to have the strongest hips in the world. And he hips took mm-hmm. the time to develop. Like, I think only Festus Azili could like deadlift Dead more. Like he decided lift, you know, a one leg, like, I don't know what the word grind means to you, but like being the skinniest, tiniest guy on the team and having the strongest hips, just in terms of like sheer weight, you can move on the team. Like that seems kind of grindy, you know, like, and that's why he's here now doing this at age 30. Four, five, six, five, five, six, thirty-five, thirty-five. 35. Um, yeah, he, you know, it's just whatever has to be done is what he did, right? And no, yeah. or he led the freaking bus talk, yeah. right? Yeah. I mean, it, whatever has to be done, he seems to be pretty good at doing that, right? He does, and it's interesting because we had something in the document where you know we we talked about you know Steph the the, the halo effect around him, right? And it's you know so much of it was early during his rise. You know, there was this infantilization of him that was being done, right? Like, and it's like, well, oh, the baby-faced assassin. And yeah. He's so humble. I'm like, guys, he is the opposite of humble. <laughs> I don't get humble vibes at all. <laughs> like, he's yeah. not at all. Like, in that third quarter when he was doing his thing, as they call a timeout, he literally turned to the camera and the Sacramento crowd and said, y'all ain't ready for this shit. I and- mean... And th- there was a, like a really, I mean, he's driving against the entire team and they know it's coming and he has his mouth guard half out of his mouth, right? He's just kind of like, just chewing on it. Like, he uh, plays so disrespectfully, right? <laughs> <laughs> he turns around before the ball goes in the bat because he knows he made it. Like, guys, like, that's not a, he's not humble, right? Like, he's just not. No. And, by the way, I don't care that he's not. It's fucking sports. Like, none of these guys are humble. They all, they're fucking amazing at everything. Yeah. That's yeah. how you, if you don't think you're that, you ain't going to make it in this league. Newsflash. You'll be washed out of here real quick. But there's so much, right? So like the, the halo effect and like the, I, I said something, I was like, you know, that worries me. It's like, I hate to do the altar worship thing where we're like, this guy's perfect. And I'm like, I'm not saying he's not awesome, but I don't know everything about this man. There might be a dark skeleton that we don't know about. And, you know, we've done this. A, this has happened to us a billion times in the history of sports. We put our guy here, shit comes out. And then it's like, oh, and I, by the way, I'm not suggesting Anything that's going to happen to Steph. I'm just saying it always gives me pause to be so waxing poetically about, I'm like, I don't know the man outside of he's fucking awesome at basketball. Yeah, that's exactly right. And a great teammate and leader. Me too. I'm in the same boat. I feel like, you know, the only thing that we know for sure is that if you're trying to win a basketball game, like pick him. Mm -hmm. Right. And like, like, I mean, I've, I've said this before, but like to me, like, okay, get your top whatever take the top 10 players of all time whoever you think they are divide them up who's gonna be the high score in that game <laughs> when they play each other right like yeah, yeah. we all know what's gonna be this guy right like, <laughs> like he's not there's just no fucking way like the way that the game works like you know he's gonna score 50 in game seven right like uh, larry bird did not do that like i anyway I, I he's just unbelievably good at basketball and it's not a coincidence and it's not luck no and it's not trickery it's just this is what works. This is what works. This is the game, and he yeah. he is he is dominating the game. By the way, that fifty point record, and just because the NBA is poetic in this way, the prior record, Kevin Durant, forty eight points in a game seven. Yeah. <laughs> so Doctor Dry, it just it just clicked into my head. I'm like, oh, if if this is all being puppet mastered by the NBA, which I don't think it is. Oh, but no, yeah, yeah. but if you were to make this like, you know, it would be first. It would be uh, Steph has to vanquish LeBron. Oh, and then KD the next round. And then sure. KD the next yeah. round. It's yeah. so perfect. That, that's, listen, that is what Adam Silver is sitting there going, please, please, please let this be what yeah. it is. That's, that's the hope. 
And yeah. it's on the table. It's it, all of that is very bottled, but these teams got they both got work to do before they get there. They do. Um, they do. Let's uh get over to the East really quick. The Heat, man, what a game. Uh stole that game for the Knicks game one. Um all the things that the Knicks did in the Cavs series, Henry, where they just were like, We're gonna outmuscle you outside mm-hmm. just have more effort. I'm like, you can't really out effort the Heat. That's not that's that hard. Work. Yeah, they don't they don't let you do that. And Spo is we talked about it on our call this morning. It's Jimmy Butler and four dudes who would not be on anybody else's roster in the NBA. And if they were on those rosters, they for sure aren't getting any playing time. And these guys are hitting threes and contributing when it counts. So you mentioned the Warriors being what the best run franchise. The Heat have their issues. Shout out Mickey Harrison. Um, but they that development and that heat hashtag heat culture, that's a joke. Uh-huh. No, no, no. That that's a serious thing. Like yeah. You get guys that just strap it up. And as you mentioned, like, my job is to just fucking put a body on somebody and get that ball. All right, I'm going to do that. Right? Yeah. Yeah. It's most simple the game. And that was a hell of a game one from the Heat. Yeah. You know, it's like, you know, like Gabe Vincent was played at yeah. UCSB, right? right? right. Like Max Struess. Like, Max Struess. Right. Like, I mean, would they, I, I I don't even know if he just gave Max Struess to other teams, would they take him? You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> like, like, <laughs> not. They were like, I don't, I don't like know. Like that's true. But that game also had this actually for a while. I like rewound a few plays and watched it again because um, I thought maybe Mitchell Butler was hurt. Um, what, Jimmy Butler, you mean? No, no. Mitchell Robinson. Mitchell Robinson. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, Mitchell Butler. Mitchell, do you remember Mitchell Butler? <laughs> I'm like, who's he? <laughs> it wasn't Mitchell. Mitchell Butler uh, played in the NBA and then became an agent working for Dan Fagan. Um, oh, but yeah. Uh, but yeah, um, uh, Mitchell, I wrote Mitchell Butler in the notes. That's how <laughs> See, that's, stupid that's I am. That's what your was. <laughs> okay, so Mitchell Robinson, like, you know, he was so incredible in the last round. Like, mm-hmm. unbelievable, right? And then he was just, like, there, there were a couple of plays where, like, he didn't get the rebound and then he took like a very ginger step and then didn't run back. Like, and just kind of like, and I'm like, is he okay? And like, I think he was just tired, but maybe he's hurt. Right. Meanwhile, of course, like, you know, uh, well, in the bottom line during that game, it says like, you know, Joel Embiid going to miss right. the next game. Right. Julius Randall's obviously out. Tyler Hero's out. Rolled his ankle. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I was just like, this is, yeah. Yeah. Hobbling. I was like, weird. This is, this Tom Thibodeau series is very much, uh, reminding me that we suck at this right like if the idea is uh delivering people to april and may healthy like We're miss that. they all miss um so you're left with you know who can jump around right and like yeah they, they yeah they, they those guys are helpful <laughs> people can run and jump <laughs> i mean listen live and this is why the regular season you don't play your players 40 something minutes a night it's like let those other guys play because you you're going to need them because guys are going to get hurt and the Heat do that, right? I mean, Struess and those guys, that uh, would be fair. If they had a bias also on this team who is not a nobody. Like, the He's is ex- an all-star player. and a very excellent player. But they, you know, they play those guys all year. And so they're ready when, they're, when their name gets called. This isn't like, oh, I haven't used you in 30 games. Get ready. Yeah. Playoffs. Most important game of the season. Good luck. Well, do you remember there was like a little social media thing of like, Somebody made a little bit of like, Jimmy Butler doesn't care until after the All-Star break. <laughs> yeah. Do you remember this? <laughs> yep, yep. And everyone's like, oh, like, like they like to use it like this kind of semi-racist, like we're going to yeah, yeah, like yeah. fillet these guys for being lazy. Mm-hmm, like, mm-hmm. Um, it's so like, no, of course what Jimmy Butler does is correct. <laughs> Pace like, yourself. 
if you know Steve Nash went super hard all season, and that is why he didn't win a championship, right? Yeah. Like it is. It's not. It's, but Henry, it's, it's Henry, uh-uh, Henry, uh-uh, no, that's not true. Because in 1988, Larry Bird went hard yeah. all the time, and yeah. he won a title. Michael Jordan played all 82 yeah. games, and he won six championships. Yeah, back when players <laughs> smoked. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I, I always laugh when people bring that up. I'm like, guys, turn on a game from that era. I know. And a, a random regular season game. They're not going hard. Just look. They're not. Watch it. <laughs> they have... um. You know, at P3, they have like real deal granular data of basically like, you know, like one of the things that you would do is you would stand on the force plate and then you would explode in a skater, one off skater sideways as hard as you can, right and left, right? And so they have like actual real deal, like, you know, how fast do big men slide laterally? And they've been doing this now for more than a decade. Um, and they, it's like laughable. They're like, like, it's, it's, absolutely 100% provably true that players now are just much more athletic than they used to be. Like I, that's not used to you, but it's news to like your dad, probably <laughs> <laughs> shout, shout, shout out to Steve. No. Yeah. Right. Like guys from that era who were like, no, it's like, no, I watch you're like Kevin McHale. I'm like, Kevin McHale could not move as fast laterally as Jaron Jackson Jr. I'm sorry. Or at all. Yeah. <laughs> or in his case, at all. Right? Just can't. Like, that doesn't mean yeah. he wasn't awesome when he played. Yeah. It just means that Jaron's a better athlete now. That's all. Like, yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean you, David Thorpe gets downright disrespectful about Bill Russell, right? He's like, you know, 6'9 guy can't shoot. What are we doing with him? You know? <laughs> David, David will, David's hilarious. He will, he will definitely say that. And I mean, <laughs> Think about it, guys. In today's NBA, a 6'9 guy who can't shoot, what is that guy doing in the playoffs? Yeah. Draymond Green? But he Draymond does all the other yeah, stuff. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Like. But yeah, no, it's it, yeah. The, the game has beautifully evolved, but and we just it's fine. It's okay. It's okay that like like Michael Jordan to me like brainwashed us by playing against by being super athletic when not very many people were. Like now. Every team Everyone's has a athletic. player that athletic, mm-hmm. and that's an outrageous thing I just said. Maybe it's not true, but like but, <laughs> maybe not as, as, as him. But, but to your point, the baseline level of athlete is much higher today than it was in the prime of Michael Jordan's career. They had honest conversations then about whether or not weightlifting was a good idea. <laughs> right, right. Like yes, it was like right. I don't know, know your shot, right? And like like that's not like everybody's jacked, you know. That's a, that's um, a factual statement. No, I mean also just to the ground you have to cover, and I bring this up to people yeah. all the time. The game was played in the size of a postage stamp back then. Like everybody's in the post. It's just crowded and cluttered. You got to guard Steph Curry out to 38, 40 feet. Yeah. Like yeah. they're setting high screens out there. Yeah. Like, I mean, you know. <laughs> yeah. It's scrappy. Yeah. It, it's a, it, it's just a different game now, but this is, this, this Knicks heat series will be interesting. Um, injuries like it will in every playoffs and every year. It will decide who's got the healthiest live bodies come June. That's who's going to win. Um, Dave is working right now, by the way, on um, basically mm-hmm. ranking the likelihood of every team left uh, winning the championship. Yeah. He's doing that mostly because I just really wanted to know. <laughs> Henry's like, oh, what can I figure out it's here? A, it's a very out. confusing year. Right? It is a very confusing year. Um, really quick, the we mentioned it. The Sixers, Celtics kick off their series tip-off, excuse me, their series tonight. No, Joel and be doubtful uh, on the injury list for, for today, and that's, look, they can win a game or two without Joel, but if he's not available for this series and he's not excellent, it's going to be tough to beat Boston. They're just, they're too good. And that collective yeah. hurt from last year of missing out. And, you know, this is, this is going to fuel them for sure. 
This so is British. Daryl Morey's like, like his, uh, James Harden is his Mona Lisa, right? Mm-hmm. Like, like he is a roster construction, like a pulling strings and mm-hmm. doing clever contract language, all blob. Like he, he put all of his Ben Simmons and all of his other chips. And he said himself, we only get one shot at this. And he held on for a very, very long time before improving the roster. And he went all in on an old guy. Mm-hmm. And now here we are like Embiid's hurt. Your guy is your guy is James Harden um, young enough <laughs> to lead a, a, the Sixers in a victory over the Celtics. Right. Like, in a series, the odds say no. In a game? Sure. Maybe two games. Yeah. But yeah. four out of seven? Tall order. Tall, is, tall order. They're really testing my, like, I've been just crapping on the Sixers all year. And, <laughs> and they got pretty good. And it's making me a little nervous. But, like, this is what we will find out. Right we now, will. We if will. I'm right yeah. or not. <laughs> well, I mean, my thing is probably got to deploy Maxi some, right? Like, let he's super young and fast. Let he that might guy be amazing. He might ruin everything for shoot me. His lights yeah. out. <laughs> yeah. Steph Curry took uh, 18 threes. He took 20 threes. And <laughs> Tyrese Maxi, like, let's do some different things. Yeah. Um, the series that David Henry and I believe is probably going to decide who comes out of the West. Um, Nuggets, Suns. Nuggets took Game One. Um, won pretty comfortably. Suns turn the ball over a lot. Um, the Nuggets took a bunch of threes. The Suns did not. That is, by the way, the Suns, if you look at their shot profile, that's what they do. They are last in the teams in the playoffs and threes attempted per game. Yet, they shoot it at a 39% clip, which is very good. So, something should tell me, math-wise, you guys have got three shooters who are pretty good at shooting threes. And pretty good who are elite at shooting threes. Shoot more threes. Um, but when that, when that, when that, what, I forget which game, but the Suns, like, just kind of had it rolling a little bit in the first round. And then when you're watching those games, you're like, oh, well, now that's what a title team looks like, right? And then it mm-hmm. goes a little, a little for haywire. A while. <laughs> like, yeah, like, and, and I do think part of it, too, Henry, is like, I think players, like, they don't like to define themselves as whatever, but they kind of play into, like, stereotypes of themselves in that the Suns are called the mid-range assassins, right? Because they have these three best mid-range shooters, shooters minus DeMar DeRozan, right, in the NBA. And historically, I mean, Kevin Durant's fucking unconscious from the mid-range, right? A Kevin Durant pull-up two is high, the point value, higher than most people shooting threes, right? Just because he's so good at that, fine. Mm-hmm. But guys, when the other team is crushing you from behind the arc, it's still a math thing, right? Even a good Kevin Durant two is still not three. Three is one more than two. And so, and the shun shot, great in game one, 55%. Still lost by almost 20. Well, and you have the chance to like, yeah, so Mike D'Antoni's offense was designed to make layups, right? So you're just going to put offense all over the place so that when Amari Stoudemire is rolling, there's not two guys ready Mm -hmm. to help. There's like half of one guy (laughs) a very big distance away, right? And and it's just dunk, 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 right? Like the Suns with these players who can all shoot threes, right? Like, Mm -hmm. Um, I think can just make that kind of like they're just stretching the taffy real thin, right? Like, mm-hmm. and um, why not just have that? Yeah, right. Why, why why not have just tons of space? And then yeah, okay. When your guy does attack, he might end up shooting from the mid range, or he might end up right. like, a, but just get the help coming from a hundred yes. miles away, right? Uh, and, that that is, and this, the funny thing about that was to, in that Clipper series and towards the end of the regular season, you saw it. Booker would run right. There's some kind of action at the top of the key. You'd have Paul and Durant spaced out wide in the corners, and it's like, well, I'm not helping off them dudes. Shock of all shocks, yeah. lanes wide open for ducks, yeah. right? Because 
So in this game, why is everybody crowded around the middle? Go back to doing that. And maybe it's first game, whatever's, and we're, as I said, they're human. We're stupid. We just did dumb shit for the first game. We'll see what happens in game two. I imagine they're going to come out a little bit better and do and do some different things. They all said it like, oh yeah, we got to shoot way more threes. This was, yeah. <laughs> this wasn't good. So we shall see what happens in game two. But I, I think, look, the Nuggets look great. Jamal Murray, it's funny. He said after the game, because Kenny the Jet Smith on TNT asked him, is this bubble Murray or would you say it's healthy Murray? He's like, I'm going to say it's healthy Murray. He's like, I don't know what I got to keep proving you guys, let you know about my game. Like, it's not some bubble. And the funny thing about the bubble, Henry, is, is like, depending on what your answer is, the bubble is either good or bad, right? right. Oh, the Lakers are bullshit because they play in the bubble. Okay. But Jamal mm-hmm. Murray's excellent because like, yeah. like what, what are we doing here? Right? Like, it's just, it was, everyone had the same conditions in the bubble. It wasn't special for one team or the other. Everybody was away from their home in this Disney world, whatever, doing this thing. The best team won. And that was the Lakers. And Jamal Murray and Donovan Mitchell put on a hell of a show because they're fucking really good at basketball. Like, Every year is different and kind of random. And like, you know, everyone agreed to the rules in advance, right? It's like you're, you know, <laughs> right. playing yes. Monopoly. And it's like, well, you're all six. You move six, right? Like they 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 had rules and they, they followed them and it's all legit. <laughs> all legit. No, without question. Um, but yeah, they, they look good. Um, I, they still, despite that win, David's concern is still the non-Jokic minutes, which I, I agree that still, I'm not sure what that is. And especially if the Suns figure out, okay, let's keep one of either whoever, our duos on the floor or one of either KD and Book on the floor at all times, you're probably going to be in pretty good shape, especially in those non-Jokic minutes, right? Those are the minutes where they can really exploit the Nuggets. Um, I have a little bit of a feeling that the Suns, like, you know, so they have three guys who can do everything on offense mm-hmm. and spend a lot of time doing very little on offense and getting tired and playing long minutes, right? Part of me is like, man, I, I it would be probably make sense to have someone super fresh. So the non, right, the non, so when Jokic is out of the game. Mm-hmm. The Suns are either going to wax the Nuggets right. or they're going to lose the game, right, right. is what David's saying. Um, maybe it's great to have somebody who's checking in when Jokic is checking out. Correct. Who's like, here's Devin Booker ready to just absolutely Go destroy you, exactly. right? Like, I don't, I don't know if they have the ego to do this, but it just seems like, ah, there's probably a way to have like a 32 concentrated minutes with Devin Booker that's just devastating, right? Like. I mean, I think you're, you're you're exactly right. It's 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 about matching up, right? Like Davis says all the time, be innovative. Like, yeah, and it because it's gonna look. The problem is, and you always say this, you're gonna lose the press conference, right? It's gonna look weird. Monty, why did Devin only play the non Jokic minutes? Yeah, especially if you if you somehow lose the game, you're gonna get crushed, and yeah. this is what you're gonna get asked. So rather than do that, just wear my stars on the ground, play them 48 minutes, and if we lose, who cares? No one can question me because I played them 48 minutes. And kinda, I would think of it as like, 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 like touches, right? Like you might get Devin just as many touches, but just have him be like, you know, raining fire, mm-hmm. not trying to make sure Kevin's involved, right? Mm-hmm. Just like let him be. Yeah, let him do his thing. Like, yeah, yeah. Like There's they did in that Clipper series. Yeah. Monty was like, Kevin's sometimes the most expensive decoy in the world. Yeah. Let him stand in the corner because no yeah. one's going to leave him alone. Not, right? They're not. That's Kevin Durant. Cool. Let Devin go nuts or vice versa. Definitely, yeah. no one's leaving him. Let Kev do his thing. Whatever your situation is, be innovative. Figure it out. Yeah, I, I mean, I'm not I, saying they do this. They would be like Kevin Durant off the bench when you tell him to score 50. Like, uh, it'd be interesting to see what happens. <laughs> well, they, they, could, they could probably do that. <laughs> I'm not gonna like lose. <laughs> no, you. De- I will say this: if he's playing the non-Yokish minute, you're definitely crushing whatever they got going on out there. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I don't. Yeah, yeah, I'd play around with that though. At least in, I'm sure they are in the back room, but like. 
No need to be. I just feel like when they people were highlighting early in the playoffs, they were always playing 44 minutes each or whatever. And it's like, ah, it's not the best way. Like, you want him to cut hard and jump high. You want him to do all that stuff. After the first round, Kevin Durant led the playoffs in total minutes. They only played five games. Yeah, like, see, I, that's I, that right. I was like, um, that doesn't seem that's not good math. As the kids say, the math ain't mathing on that one. Like that's yeah. <laughs> I mean, we can argue about whether he should at his salary want to work that much forever. I don't care. The point is, like, we've seen him in Brooklyn lose playoff series because he could barely move. Like, just have him moving. Like, <laughs> yeah, seems like a winning strategy. You have to I make choices upstream over the weeks to get him moving in crunch time. Like you're gonna want him hitting that shot, not stepping on the line. You know, you you mm-hmm. want him his full strength. And the fact is, human bodies don't get there by just grinding him to a pulp. It's just not how it works. Henry, I think you're so right there. But you know, <laughs> these these coaches can't lose the presser. Henry can't do it. Yeah, gonna, we're gonna go down swinging. This is. This is how it works. Play, shoot all our bullets right now. Yeah. We lose, we lose. You're like, okay, you're probably going to lose. You're probably going to lose. <laughs> say I didn't tell you so. <laughs> no, the Suns are going to win so they can make the perfect Western Conference Finals with Steph Cage. Oh, are you saying? <laughs> <laughs> I'm just playing with it in my head a little Adam, bit. Adam, Adam's in his, in his uh, Buffalo yeah. Wild Wings office and he's like... <laughs> <laughs> But he's got to, but he's got to make the semifinals exciting, right? So that means, wait, this ain't gonna be a quick series. So the Nuggets are gonna, it's gonna be a six or seven in both ways, and it's like, yeah. all right, where can we get Scott Foster to go to make sure? That oh my this- god! <laughs> Here's the good thing about Scott Foster, which is like, whatever. I, I'm not gonna be very clear. I am not saying Scott Foster doing anything wrong or illegal or fixing games or whatever. But literally, when all 30 fan bases hate you, like it's like you're doing something like, right. Yeah. Right? They're all like, oh shit, we got Scott Foster tonight. It's like, well, I thought he only hated Chris Ball. Like, why is it? He hates everybody. Okay, fine. <laughs> it just seems a little off when Scott Foster. <laughs> and he just seems to always show up in the big game, too. Right? He is always good. He's yeah. always officiating the big games. Yeah. Always. <laughs> he's like the best assignments. Yeah. And they do grade the officials, right? So he's getting them, presumably, because he's good at his job. Right? I, Presumably, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Presumably. I'm yeah. just going to leave it there. Presumably. <laughs> yeah. But the the FBI team investigating the Gambino crime family did want to put a wire on Tim Donaghy and see what he was saying to all those other referees. And that was the referee he called the most. <laughs> so there's a lot in that, presumably. <laughs> <laughs> what a bomb to leave it with. <laughs> we will see you all on Thursday. <laughs> Enjoy the playoffs. Everybody take care.